Okay, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Sai. Seven minutes late by the technical problems at the studio. So we're on at officially 4 o'clock on Wednesday. I know there's set of 10,000 people listening, maybe 1,000, maybe 100, <laughs> maybe one. Uh, we are now on the radio, J-Root Radio, 4 o'clock on Wednesday with the Shidu Chai, a live program. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Schwab. And um, if you're there, I'll find out. I'll give you a CD, the first one that calls, with the answer to some of my questions. You are listening to J Root Radio. You know that. And um, it's at online. It's at uh, jrootradio.com. And um, the call-in or on the phone, you can listen to. Uh, the hotline is 712 712- Four three two forty two seventeen or seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine, and some people hear us in different stores and different ways. We have a live feed here. If you want to talk to me, I have to ask you some questions first on the parsha of Matos. Aren't you happy? It's not Matos and Masay together. And yesterday, did everyone have an easy fast? Tanis Shiva Asabatamuz is the longest daytime fast of the year. Our number here to call me is seven at this live feed. You speak to me right in the studio. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. You want me to tell you that in um, in Farsi or in Russian or in Polish? I'll tell you. It goes like this. Sheva Kachmonet. Sheshmonet Shalosh. You know what that means, 718-683-5858. The hotline, you can't talk to me, but you can listen if you don't have a radio or a um, computer, is 712-432-4217 or 718-506-9099. So now we have the Pasha of... Matos, and we just finished Shiva's Batamas. Do you know the name of the six fast days during the year? Well, I'll tell you how to remember them in one second. Black, white, man, woman, long, short. That is that they are the six Tanesim, Tanesibur of the year. Black, white, man, woman, long, short. That's right. Black, white, man, woman, long, short. These are all the Tanesim of a year. Black, Tishable, because everything is so sad. White is everything is white and clean. That's Yom Kippur. A kittle, white kittle, and a white towels, and a white parochas. So that's black and white. Man is Som Gedalia. He was a Jewish man, Gedalia. Uh, woman, Esther, before Purim, Tanis Esther. Long, the longest daytime Tanis was yesterday. Shivas Batamas, because the day yesterday in the New York area was 15 hours between sunrise and sunset, between Honeit and Shkia. Six months from now, in the middle of the winter, Teves, it's only nine hours of daylight. Now it's three hours longer than 12, which is 15. Then it's three hours less than 12, which is nine. And the uh, sun shines every single day of the year, 12 Zamanios, 12 halachic hours. Sometimes the hour, like now, has 75 minutes. That's 15 minutes more than 60. That means a quarter more, because the day is 15 hours, not 12. Three hours longer, 312 is a quarter. And in the winter, it's nine hours, three hours less than 12. Therefore, every hour is only 45 minutes. That's called Shosmanios. No day of the year has the same exact uh, time. When it's equal, 60 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 hours for night, 12 for day, that means every minute is 60 seconds and every hour is 60 minutes. Only happens twice a year. That's on the equinox when day and night is equal. That is the equinox and the kufos have nothing to do with the moon, only do with the sun. And the Tukufas, uh, we're in now, Tukufas Tammuz, the longest day and the shortest night. Six months from now, when you get to Teves, you get, you're in Tukufas Teves, which have the longest night, shortest day. 
And when you get to the equal point, September 21st and March 21st, the day and night is exactly 12 hours each. That's when night and day is equal. Equa, nox, N-O-X, means Latin for night. Night and day is equal. Anyhow, now, yesterday we had a long time. It ended 9.20. Did everybody make it in good shape? I hope you did. And that's not so bad for Americans to fast once every week. Because you know that 65% of the people are overfed. You know that. I mean, look around. Just take a look. And that's not healthy. So the best way to lose weight, I don't have to tell you, is cut out carbohydrates. Bread and pasta and cake and stuff like that. And fat and grease and pizza. Oh, you like the pizza, don't you? Oh, so that's exactly what the people who make the pizza figure, that you're not smart enough to protect yourself against the doctor and the surgeon and all kind of operations because you... People know that the average person is not too clug until you have self-control. And that's very hard. If we all had self-control, the weight and loss industry would go out of business overnight. Now, anyhow, let's talk about the posh, the posh of Matos. Matos has in it first 16 pasukim on making promises. Nedorim, Shvuas, 16 pasukim, 16 pasukim. On one Indian of Nidorim making the Nader or Shvua, and in the middle of the Parsha, you have the whole Indian of Tvilas Kalim, not even one Pasuk, four words. That's how you learn the whole Dinam of Tvilas Kalim, four words. And here you have 16 Pasukim on Nidorim and the Dovas, and on the 16 Pasukim, you have two Masechtas, Shvuas and Nidorim, 140 blot together. 280 Amudim, 140 Blat, Shavuos and Nedorim, 140 on 16 Pesukim. Do you know, see how complicated this is? Then the second subject in Shani is, Hashem told Moshe, take revenge against the Midyanim, and then you're going to be nift. Then, um, then the subject, then comes the subject of Hechshakeh, of beating the Midyanim, killing the Midyanim. Why did Hashem kill the Midianim? Because they tricked you with the Baal Pa'ar and the Zonos, the, Z- the Zonos, 24,000 Eden died. Got to take revenge. What's the revenge? Wipe them off the face of the earth. Every man, woman, and child dead. Except three-year-old girls, below three-year-old, they can live. Now, if you look at the Parsha, they said they let, they let the three-year-old girls live, those below three. You know how many there were when they wiped out the whole nation of Midian? 32,000 girls below three years of age. Could you imagine how many were above three years of age? Four years, five years, eight, 10, 12, 20, 30, 40, 40 years old, 50, 60, 70, 80. Can you imagine how many? If there are 32,000 little baby girls, don't you think maybe there was 150,000 women? And what about men? Another two, 300,000 men? They must have killed a half a million people. And how big was the Jewish army? Twelve thousand people. That's, you know what that is? It's about 65 to 1. <sighs> That's going to learn, we're going to talk about that. The, the killing of the Midianim, and then comes Hechsher Kalim, to kosher all your Kalim, and after you kosher them completely clean, is not good enough. You have to tovel them. And then we're going to talk about how many animals they captured from the Midianites. If you look in the Chumash, you'll see it's more than three-quarters of a million. 808,000. Who took care of the 808,000 animals? Who shaved the, the sheep from the wool? Who milked the cows? Who tied them up? Who built the barn for them? Who took care of the, the, the egg? Well, no, chickens. Well, who took care of 808,000 800,000, more than three-quarters of a million behemoths. Who took care of them? Oh, it doesn't bother you, because you, you're not living 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. I know, but you want to learn Torah, or you just want to read Torah? You want to study the Bible, or you want to learn Torah? If you want to learn Torah, you can't just be Marvin Sedra a Friday afternoon for 20 minutes. It takes an hour and a half every single aliyah. Here. 808,000 animals. How, how did they handle that? And if everybody got they get a little piece, it says every Jew got a part of it. That means every Jew got a half of an animal. How's that possible? How, how's it possible? 
Let's go and talk about this a little bit. Are we ready? Now I'm going to give you the telephone number again. I'm going to ask you five questions, not ten. Such a hot day, you don't want ten questions. I'll give you five. Your number over here to call me and answer. The first one to call gets a CD. A call with an answer, not just say hello. That doesn't count. 718-683-5858. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Schwab. Four o'clock on Wednesday. It's called Gigantic. The program is called the Shido Chai. It's called Gigantic Little Secrets of the Torah. Niflos HaTorah. It's the name of my safer. It's coming out, the fourth volume. Coming out soon. 718-683-5858. Question number one. Nedarim. What's the difference between a Nader and a Shvua and a Isser? Mm. Mm. And if a, per, a woman or a man makes a nader and somebody hears it, can they get rid of it? Is there anything you can do about it? Or is it only certain people can get rid of it, the nader? How can someone else get rid of your nader? I say I'm never going to eat apples again. How can you tell me that it doesn't count? I'm not going to take a shower on Tuesday. Who can mevatel uh, that or nullify that or be made for that? Hmm. Hmm. What's the difference in a nader and in a dova and a shvua and an iser? Why do we have the 16th pesukim of nedarim before going to war with Midian? What's the connection? Hmm. How do you clean a keli that's been used by goyim for with chazer and everything? The same way you clean a keli from chometz to pesach dik. How do you do it? Hot water. Boiling hot water? Yeah, so why do you have to use fire? Fire? So why do you have to use water? Mm. And when you're finished, can you use the keili? No. You just took out the isser. Now you've got to take out the tumor. How do you do that? Next subject. Why does it say nikom nikmas, uh, nikmas Yisrael twice against Midyon? Nikom nikmas twice? And why is it only the Midyonim? The Moavim started it. And Ammon and Moab. They started it. Why do you have one against Midian? We're not going near their country anyway. We're never near their country. Why do we have to kill out Midian? We're not even going over there. We went to Moab next to the Yardane. Why twice Nikom Nikmas? Then you can go back to your nation. It means you have to be Nifter. Why is Amecha written with a Yud? You don't have to have a yud. Detach yourself. Get 1,000 people from every shevet. 12,000 totalum. That means Moshe not tell the truth? Hashem said, Moshe says, That's not Emes. How does Moshe do that? The Cholmatos Yisrael. That includes an extra shavit. Which one was that? A thousand per shavit. Twelve thousand. You think we're in the third grade? We can't add up twelve times one thousand? Why do you have to tell us twelve thousand? There's not one extra word in the Torah. Sixteen pasukim on the Dorim and the Davos. And then there's four words about Tevilas Kalim. So you see they're saving words. So why do you tell me here 12 times 1,000 is 12,000? What do you think, we're babies? We don't, why, don't you, why do you use that extra word if you don't have to use the word? Woo. So we have Nidorim. Then you have revenge against Midian, which didn't even... <laughs> we're, we're not threatening Midian. Why are they coming? Why do we have to kill them? And did they kill everybody? Who did they leave over? Um, could anybody live? Could a baby live if he was over three years old? Mm-hmm. What about a one-day-old boy baby? Mm-hmm. Then Elazar teaches them the laws of kashering. Isn't that a big avera in front of Moshe Rabbeinu to teach them halachas in front of your Rebbe? You can't be married halachas with Nei Rabbo. You'll rip him down from whoever he is. You get rid of him. How does the Elazar teach the people in front of Moshe about Gi'ul, cleaning out the Kalim, either with hot water, roast him, or with fire? Hmm. 
How does he write to teach Allah in front of the Rebbe? How does he do that? Then it says, count all the people and all the animals you captured, and it came out 808,000. That means three quarters, more than three-quarters of a million animals. And 32,000 girls below three. Maybe, until so you think, imagine how many women they killed who were above three. All right, I'm going to ask you, I've asked you a few questions already. Uh, a few of them, yeah. Now we can open the lines if there's anybody out there listening to us in New York or in the whole United States. So, David, that's your name, David? Is there anybody listening? Two callers. What's your name, David? Yep, yep. Okay, David is our technion today. And, um, okay, the first caller, what's his name? Let's go to Yehuda. All right, Yehuda, you're on the air. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for calling. I want to answer how, how you kosher the kalim that were used by the guy in for trace. Yeah, go ahead. How do you do it? With Hagar and Reban. I just told you that. I just said it. So that's not a question. I told you. But I'm asking. You don't need that phone anymore. I just gave you the answer. I said that either, either by Liban, or, uh, white, you know, real white fire. Or, I mean, real hot, hot water. But the question I was asking is, how come it's not good enough? Even after you kosher them, they're no good. You have to tovel them. How come? Because they were originally used for trace, and it might not have taken out all the all the I know, trace you, so you stuff. took out the trace. By Libun and the Roskam boiling water, you took out the trace. Very good. Why isn't it good now? Why do you need in cold water and put it in a, you know, cold water at the villa? Why do you need something else? Uh, I don't know. Oh, let me give you the answer because you're the first caller. The Libun, or you can make it sometimes red hot, sometimes white hot, that is only for things that the meat was on that, on, on, like, like a grill, you know, when you put a ham, uh, meat on a grill, that and the fire underneath. So if the tray for food was on a grill or a spit, which is a metal thing going through the animal, like a carbon paste, and you hold it over the fire. So if the metal goes through the animal or the, the grill that, metal that the animal, uh, the meat sits on, you have to burn it with fire. But let's say a pot, which, well, how you know, the guy made a tray for the soup in a pot. Then you have to clean it with hot water. But not, so even after it's finished, all kosher from the isur, now we have another problem. A guy owned it, even if it's brand new, you got to take out, not the isur, you got to take out the tumor. The tumor, that doesn't need any hot water, just a plain mikvah or a river or a spring or an ocean or a some place where there's a real mikvah, then you can, that's what you need, a mikvah for, for take out the tumah. Isser is one thing. Tumah is something else. Anyhow, Yehuda, you're the first caller, you get a CD. Don't hang up. Okay. The, the engineer will tell you how to do it, how to get it. Okay. Okay, uh, David, who's next? Mendel. Mendel, you're on the air, Mendel. Uh, Go ahead, Mendel. Um, I want to answer the question with, um, why only Mayaf? I can't hear you. Um, um, the Midian also. You have to speak up, man. Don't, don't be ashamed. Tell um, me what your answer is. Um, about Mayaf. Mayaf, what's the question? Why didn't they kill Mayaf, right? Yeah. Okay, Amon and Moab are brothers. How come they only killed uh, the nation of Midian, not Amon and Moab? Very good. What is your answer? You have to talk up. You can't mumble to yourself. You're talking to me and to a lot of people listening. What is the answer why they only killed one of the three, not all three? Why not Moab and Amun? Midian caused? Midian who? Midian caused um, um, that um, they they decided that they're going to do it. Do what? Um... To give the um, the girls to go. Oh, well, Moa. It was happened to be Bilam's idea, and Bullock liked the idea. He sent in his daughter, Cosby. She was a Moabite. So why don't we kill out Moa? I know Midian did it too, but it's but it's Bullock's idea. It was Bilam's idea, and Bullock started it. Uh, he sent his own daughter, Cosby Basur. So why don't we kill out the Moabites also? 
That's the question, um, Mendel. That's the real question. If Milam talked to Bullock, who's the king of Moab, and Cosby is his daughter, and she's the one that was with uh, Zimri, the head of Shimon, and Pinchas killed both of them, so she was the head of all the of Moab, and the Moabite women came there, so why don't you kill out Moab? That's the question. Yes, kill out a million too, but why don't you kill out Moab first? That, Mendel, is the question. Do you think you know the answer? All right, if you don't answer, we've got to go to the next caller. Uh, who's the next caller, David? No more. We have Mendel then. Hello, Mendel. You're asking your father, your brother, your uncle. Who are you asking? Listen. I think we lost him. Okay, uh, listen, as soon as, whenever I'm talking and you have a caller, interrupt me, all right? All right, let me, let's go further. Now, Boisai, I know it's, a lot of kids are in camp. I know that, and people are on vacation. I know all that. Uh, July and August is very difficult to run a call-in program. It's not like the middle of the winter, you know. And um, we'll do the best we can. David and me are going to try to, to have a call-in program uh, when there's no, mm, very few people listening. So the next person who calls, maybe, uh, David, you think we can give him two CDs? All right, two different CDs. I'll give you 60 seconds, anyone to call in for two CDs. Um, and you have to answer some of these questions, or maybe I'll ask you a, a math problem, like seven times eight, how much that is. Or four. Yeah, okay. David says make it challenging. If you call in next 60 seconds, you can tell me how much is 77 divided by two, you get two CDs. How about that? That's all right? Yeah, I know. You don't even have to use your brain. You don't have to do nothing. Two into 77. Ooh, let's see if anybody's a little living out there. Anybody living out there? Uh, okay, if you use a calculator. How much is 77 divided by two? If you have a calculator, you don't need any brains. You just push 77 divided by two, and you get the answer. You've got 30 seconds left. 25 seconds. 20 seconds. Okay. What's the first name? Leah. What's the name? Leah. Leah. Leah, go ahead. What's the answer? What was the question? Oh, the question was 77 by, divided by 2. Oh, okay, then. You, you, that's a trick question. I'll give you a real question. Why did Moshe command... Well, Hashem told Moshe to wipe out Midian. Why not Moab? They started with the women, with the Zonos. Why do we wipe out Midian? Uh, why, do, why don't we wipe out Moab? That's the question. I want to answer a different question. All right, go ahead. You can answer a different question. Um, so why did Moshe say next mo- um, to take Nakam against Hashem? When Hashem said... Well, I can't hear that. Why did Moshe say what? To take Nikama for Hashem when Hashem Yeah, right. When Hashem said, Nikom Nikmas Yisrael, and Moshe said, Nikom Nikmas Hashem. Ooh, if you know that, you're, just, you're a genius. So because um, they're only fighting against the Yisrael because they're at Hashem? Hashem said, Hashem said, Nikom Nikmas B'nai Yisrael, Meis HaMidyonim. Moshe said a few weeks later, Hashem said, Nikom Nikmas B'nai Yisrael, why did Moshe change that? Right, so the only reason that Midian was fighting against the Israel was because they were uh, Hashem. So, so against Hashem? So you mean Hashem got it wrong? He said, Nikmah's been there, Israel? No. He, didn't, he doesn't Midian. know? Why did Hashem say, Nikmah's been there, Israel, and Moshe changed it to Nikmah's Hashem, what gave Moshe permission to do that? Hashem didn't say that. He said, Nikom, Nikmaz, B'nai Yisrael. 24,000 Jews died last end of last week's parasha. So don't you want to get revenge of people that called to you to do this Avera? Jews should be angry. So Moshe said, no, Nikmaz Hashem. Why did Moshe change that? The reason that they were fighting B'nai Yisrael was because B'nai Yisrael is on Hashem. No, they were fighting B'nai Yisrael because... They weren't fighting with Israel. No, there was no war. Israel was fighting them. Why the were not fighting against Israel? The first Moshe went to war against them. Then they came out, defended themselves. But who started the war? Israel. Hashem said, Nikom, Nikmat, Get them. Beat them up. Kill them. 
So the Israel started the war, and Hashem said, Nikmas b'nei Israel. the Jews should be very angry that they caused 24,000 Eden to die due to Znus and Avodah Zorah, well, they had to do both things, Znus, Avodah Zorah, and but Moshe changed it, next posting, hey Chaltzu, and go against Nikmas Hashem b'midyon. If you know that, you deserve 20 CDs. <laughs> I don't know if they can give you 20, but that's a good kashem. So can we tell an answer? Oh, there's a great answer. You know what? It's really very hard. It comes from my father's safer. Mayon Beis HaShoeva. You know, you know why? Everybody who's listening, listen to this genius idea. Hashem said to Moshe, and the next word is you have to die. Then you're going to go back to your nation. It means to the Nishamas of the people that were here before. Oh, so Moshe didn't care about himself. If the war is over, one, two, three, he's going to die. But let's say the war would stretch out for weeks and weeks. And then Moshe would also die, but he would live two, three, four weeks longer. Moshe didn't care about himself. Long, all he wanted to do was take revenge against the Midianim, even if he dies right away. So Moshe on his own said, Nikmas Hashem. Ah, the people here, Nikmas Hashem, they're not going to delay if it's the midst of the right so They're going to do it right away, even though it means Moshe's going to die. And which means if the war takes two days, then Moshe is going to die in the third day. But if the war takes three months, he'll, he'll have three more months to live. Moshe didn't care about himself. He wanted to do Hashem's Ratzon. Therefore, he changed it that the people should be very zoriz and do it right away, even though he dies earlier. He doesn't care. That's the tzaddik. That's my father's answer. Then Yeshua, later on, he didn't kill out all the right away. He did. That's why it took him a long time. By the way, I want to give you a CD, Ale, okay? Okay. Don't hang up. The, uh, David will tell you how to get the CD. All right, who's the next caller? Thank you, Leo. Who's the next caller? Maishi. Maishi, you're on the air. Can you ask me a question? Sure. What day is today? What, what do you mean, what day is today? Tell me the date. Today is Thomas. Te- uh, I know, that's the month. What's the date? Tezion? Uh Tezion is 16. Uh, no. Yesterday was 17. Today couldn't be 16. Today is it Ches. Yeah, 18. Okay, what day in July is it? July 1, 2, or 3, or 4? Today is July... Today is July 16th. Very good. You're on the ball, Maishi. Now I'm going to ask you a real question. Why... Why is it that, um, you have to have... Let's say like this. What's the difference between, you know, the first part of the Sedra, 16 Pesukim, is about making promises and oaths you don't keep. Why? What's so bad about making a promise you don't keep? What's so bad? It's a big Avera if you make a promise you don't keep. What's the Avera? The Avera is that you say something and you're not going to do, Very no? good. Very good. It says, Whatever that, comes out of your mouth, you must listen to that. 100% that's how right. That's another. Well, we say Blinader, but if you don't say Blinader and you say, Moshe, I'm never going to eat apples again. Do you know that if you eat apples, you're over an Isra Doraisa? You have to make a Tarsadurim. Yeah, but if you don't, you can never eat apples again. You know that. Right. Yeah, you can make a Tarsadurim, but if you don't, you, got, you can never eat apples. You know that. 100%. I say, I say, I'm never going to take a shower on Tuesday. You know you never take a shower on Tuesday. If you did, you do an Isra Doraisa because you call Moshe Sechot Tishma. Whatever you say, you've got to keep. No one asks you to make it. Right. No one said you should restrict yourself to apples, but if right. you say that, so therefore, Marsha, you're getting a CD. You want a CD? Yeah. Okay. Don't hang up. He'll tell you how to get it. Okay. Very good, David. Who's next? Chayla. Go ahead, Chayla. Chayla, you're on the air. Um, I know what um, the, 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 the math thingy. It's 38.5. Woo! Good! You get a CD. Did you do that with your brain or with the computer? With the calculator. <laughs> with the calculator. All right, now, don't punch the calculator. How much is 7 times 3? What? Yeah, how much is 7 times 3 without the calculator? 21. Woo! You're smart. How much is 21 and 21? Um, 40, 42. And if you divide it in half, how much is that? Um, um, uh, divided by, uh, 2, 21 plus 20, um... 42 divided by 2. 42 divided by 2, um, 2, 4, 6, 
Oh, it's 21. Mm. You know why I'm asking you this question? To be a real smart idol, you got to know math because the whole Torah is nothing but math. You know that the word Moshe Rabbeinu is 613? That's what? right. Moshe Rabbeinu, the gematria is 613. Oh. Because Moshe taught us the 613 mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. And Torah is 611. Because two of them we heard from Hashem. Moshe taught us the 611 other ones. That's why Torah is 611, because we heard from Hashem directly, the first two, and all the Eden dropped dead. Moshe had to be Mechaya Mesim them. So they heard two of them from Hashem directly, and the other eight of the Sertzah Dibras, Moshe taught them. And the Sertzah Dibras is a condensed form of all the mitzvahs. So Torah is 611, Gematria, because two we heard from Hashem. And um, so therefore you have to know math to really understand Torah. Um, Avraham is 248 because the 248 organs. Every, if a person doesn't know gematria, it's like a runner in a race who has no legs. You can crawl, but you're not going very far. If you don't know a, a, a math um, for gematria, every, the whole gematria, the whole Torah is gematria. Anyhow, listen, Chayla, you're a very smart girl. Can I ask you another question? Yeah. How long did Moshe live? How old was he? Um, two... Um, 200. No, never made it to 200. Um, a hundred and, 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 uh, hundred and, hundred and about what? <laughs> about. Well, I'll tell you, Chayla, 120. Oh. Now, how long were you in Mitzrayim? 210. Oh, how long did the first base of Mikdash last? What? The first base of Mikdash, how long did that stand? Um, I think. All right, too hard for you. 410 years. You know, these numbers are very important because if you add up these numbers, they tell you very big secrets of the Torah. All the secrets of the Torah are in the numbers. Oh. If you, if a person understands numbers, every secret in the Torah is in these numbers. Okay. Anyhow, Kayla, you're very good. I'm giving you a CD, okay? Okay. Thank you for calling, and who's next? Sharon, uh, you're on there. Sharon. Hello, Sharon, you're on there. How are you? Good, I'm fine. Baruch Hashem. What Moab and what Midian and not Moab? Right, why? Ruth is going to come from Moab, and Russia comes from Very good, and why not Amon? I'm on uh, because of the senut of her mother. Who? Senut of her mother. Whose mother? What? Who? Senut of the daughter of Lot. I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? Could you please ask a question? Let me tell you. Shlomo had many wives. One of them was called Naamo Emonis. She's an Ammonite. And that's the mother of Shlomo's child called Rechavim ben Shlomo. He was not such a good king. And his mother was Naamo Ammonis, one of the wives of Shlomo. Shlomo had 18 wives. And Naamo Ammonis, she's a big Sedekis. And she had a child who's not so good. It's called Rechavim ben Shlomo. And um, he was not bad, but he was not smart. He was, nish, and he, was, he was not a chokham, he was a tippish. Uh, I wouldn't say a tippish. He was a not klugiyid. He listened to, didn't listen to his father, he listened to his advisors. Instead of following the Tamid Chachomim, he listened to some people, and the government broke in half. Ten Shvatim became Malchus Yisrael, and two Shvatim became Malchus Yehuda, and they were separate for 300 years. He made a terrible mistake, not a, klug, not a smart person. And um, so Hashem said, wipe out Midian now, and Moab, David, and will take care of that in about 350 years from now when David is born, and he wipes out Ammon and Moab, then that has to wait because of Rus uh, from Moab and Naamah from Ammon. Right, 100% right. Sharon, you're very smart. You want another question? Uh, no, no. All right. You know, thanks for calling. I will go to the next caller. Thank you, too. You're welcome. Hello. Bye. No more calls. If no more callers, you know what David is telling me? I have to talk. Ah, Let me just show you, tell you a chidush Nora. It says here when they 
counted up all the animals from Midian, they came out to a tremendous figure. All the animals together was 808,000, more than three-quarters of a million. They had 675,000 sheep sown, 72,000 cattle, bucker, 61,000 donkeys. Added together is 808,000, and little girls below three, they had 32,000 little girls. Every girl above three was executed. Every boy, even one day old, was executed. So I was learning with someone. They said, how can Hashem, who loves everybody, ask Moshe to do a mitzvah of killing out hundreds of thousands of people? How can he ask Moshe, isn't Hashem Melech Rachamon? Uh, how can you be a mitzvah in the Torah to wipe out all these people? Isn't Hashem Mole Rachamim? I said, well, I got a bigger question. How come at the end of, before Mashiach comes, you have to timcha zecha amolik, metachas hashemayim? That's how you find out your next-door neighbor's amolik, and he has a baby three days old. You have to kill everybody in the family. How can Hashem ask you to do a thing like that? Um, 24,000 Yidin died at last week's Sedra because of Znus. You think we should just sit there and do nothing? Someone punches you in the face. You just say, well, okay, thank you. Is that how it's done? Someone's beating up your mother. You're going to stand and say, well, she must deserve it. That's why he's beating her up. It's men Shemayim. That's what you're going to do? So Hashem said, they caused 24,000 of you to die through Zenus and Avodah Baal Pa'ar is Avodah Kill them out. This is a, 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 a Melech Rachman, because if you don't kill them, they're going to kill you. And you know that, what's going on in Eretz Yisrael right now. If you don't get rid of them, they will get rid of you. You know that. So you want to be, why should you crawl up on the Mizbeach and let someone shecht you? Unless you're a shaitan. You don't do that. You don't do that. Because you're a normal person. Hashem says, Nekom nikmas b'nei Yisrael. Jews should be angry that they trick them. Ah, the Jews shouldn't have fell for it. They should have the Yitzhah Tov. They should have Gevura and, and, you know, and not do it. It's really not the Goyim's, not the Goyim's fault. Really? Every person who makes a mistake is a bad person? It's a mistake. The Yitzhah Horam got the best of you. This was Bilam's advice to set the Jews up to make them do a chet. It's not that you're walking down the street and something came upon you, a Yetzirah. No, this was planned by Bilam. So when they were beating up Midian, it says in today's Pasha, they took Bilam, they chopped him up in little pieces. That's what he deserved. Because he caused 24,000 Yidin to die. You don't take revenge. There's a mitzvah. The Komnik Masvenei And Mechiyat Amalek is also revenge. Because when he came out of Mitzrayim, the Egyptians were defeated. The country was defeated. And the first, tw- second week out, Amalek came and attacked them. Amalek to attack them. Right? So, if Amalek attacked them, then he didn't beat them, kill them. What do you think David did for 40 years? Playing bingo and learning Gemara the whole day? What do you think he did? Moshe Rabbeinu killed the two biggest giants in the world. Avram Avinu killed the three biggest kings in the world. Love, uh, Yaakov eventually, eventually killed his Zaydi, Lavan. After he was back in Eretz Yisrael, he came with thousands of soldiers, Lavan, to kill Yaakov. And Lavan killed, um, Yaakov killed Lavan. Moshe killed Og and Sichon. Avram killed the three kings. David killed thousands and thousands of Midianim. You think Shimshon was just playing with his finger? He wiped out thousands of them. So when anyone wants to kill you, the only way to save your life is kill them. Because you see what's going on there at Yisrael. If you give those guys a chance, you're not one chas yid will live. So it's either you or me. So it better be you than me. I told this to the guy. God loves you if you're a good person. But if you break the law, he doesn't like you. Hashem is called Ohavav. It's called Harishoyim Yashmid. He'll destroy them. Sometimes he does it with an earthquake, sometimes with a disease, sometimes he gives the a, a success, they go to war, they don't lose anybody. They killed 700,000 Midianim, and not one single Jew was injured. You know that? 12,000 people came back from the army, not one was killed. 12,000 against 700,000, that's like 80 to 1. 80 to 1, 70 to 1 maybe. And not one Yid was missing. That means it was Sadiqim. And it says you have to take big tzaddikim to the army. Tzaddikim don't know which way to hold a knife. 
or shoot a gun. Why would you take Sadiq? Why don't you take real tough guys who really know how to fight? So you don't have to do that. You do what Hashem says, and Hashem is Ishmael Choma. He fights the battles. He fights the battles. Ishmael Choma. You do what you have to do. I'll take care of the rest, says Hashem. You do what I tell you. Let's say a person is a vegetarian. He hates meat. What happens when Mashiach comes? He has to eat carbon Pesach. Hey, I hate meat, the guy told me once. I said, what if Mashiach comes tomorrow? You're going to eat meat? I said, if you don't, you have curries. Well, uh, what, uh, what should I do, Rabbi? Eat it. Well, I don't like it. Who said you have to like it? Where did it say that? <laughs> you eat it, and Hashem will make it that it'll go down because you're doing it with Hashem Shemayim. It, I have a bad reaction. I, my whole body breaks out with hives if I eat meat, even a drop. I said, listen, you don't have to eat anything during the year except vegetarian vegetables. But on, but every place, you got to eat club basis. That's it. You have no choice. I don't like it. It has nothing to do with it. You have to eat it. Suppose the person ate carbon pesa and he likes it, and a minute later he vomits it up. He doesn't have to eat it again because he ate it. He's yotza. Suppose you have matzah. You ate matzah, and then you vomit it up. You don't have to eat again. You ate it. That the body, the body reacts. It's not your business. It's not, it's not your control. You did yours. You ate your matzah. You ate your carbon pesa or your maror, and you tried the best, and the rest is up to Hashem. Same thing with the war. You go to war, you 12,000 people against I don't know how many, but I'm guessing 700,000 people. You know how I figured that out? If there's 32,000 little baby girls below three, 32,000, do you think maybe there's how many women were above three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, sixty year olds, seventy year olds, eighty year olds? I think maybe there was maybe, maybe 300,000 of them, 200,000, 100,000. What about men, a couple hundred thousand? Maybe there were five, six hundred thousand people you swell killed down. Twelve thousand against, who knows, six, seven hundred thousand. Even 250,000 against 12,000. You know how much that is? 30, 40 to 1. That's a nace. And how did they control 800,000 animals? Who's going to shear off the wool, raise a gaze? Who's going to milk the cows? Who's going to tie them up? Who's going to put them in a barn? Who's going to... Feed them, feed them, feed them, not people. How are you going to feed the animals? How did it work, the whole thing? It's a nace, scum, the whole thing is a nace. How 12,000 people could defeat a nation with four, five, six hundred thousand. I don't know how that works. All I know is that's the way it was. And this is not a medrash. This is a pusik in chumash. A medrashim is one thing. This is a Torah pusik. It's not a medrash. All right. Okay, boys, um, I eat dovit. Any more callers? David. Hello, David. Hold on, he says. All right. Nachum, you're the air. Thanks for calling. Hello, Nachum. I, I just wanted to ask the Rav. The Rav said we should spend an hour and a half on Tarsha, even on Echalia. Right. And, and I'm sorry to break the train of thought here. I just, I wish I could do, where does Gemara, where does... Like learning Chumash, learning Parsha, how does it come out on the, on the scale of... Oh, you are such a smart guy, Nochem. I mean it seriously. If you spend an hour and a half just on one aliyah every day, when are you going to learn Gemara, Daviyomi, or real Gemara, Be'iyun, and Tanakh, and this, and Musr, and Halacha, and Hilchaza, last three weeks, the Dinam of Tishbab, all that, Halacha and Dinam, Rambam, you are 100% right. So you know what? I figured that, and I thought about that 30 years ago. You know what I do? You're 100% right. I mean, listen, you can't learn Chumash all day. You know what I do? Right. Every day I learn one Aliyah. Let's say uh, Rishon on Sunday, Shani on Monday. Uh, Tuesday I learn Shlishi, and I look at it for a few minutes, maybe a half hour, and then at night a half hour. And during the week, I try to get in about at least a half an hour per Aliyah. Look at the Rashi at least, every Rashi. And then the Balaturim will give you these numbers, how to put the whole Mashova into one number. You're right. A day is only 24 hours, and you have to sleep, and you have to eat, and you have to go to work, or your kid has to play ball. I mean, hello, you can't learn all day. We're not machines. You're 100% right. That's why from now until you're 80 years old, there's not a minute to waste. (laughs) We have no time to waste. From Jews are always going to shul, coming from shul, going to work, coming back from work, learning, going to a shir, coming from a shir, doing gemilz chesed, going to a lavaya, going to a bris, going to a chasna. We're so busy. No room to get bored. Is that right? Yeah. 
You know, the guy or the fried Jew, he has plenty of time. He can watch TV for two hours, go to a ball game for five hours, uh, play bowling, go bowling, play cards, go on a cruise. We don't have so much time. Because Hashem put you here to learn Torah. If 90% of the Eden are not from, which is about correct, well, who's going to learn this Torah? If not them, we have to do it. Uh, Nochum, you got a very good question. Everyone has to figure it out for himself. Uh, I yeah. tried to fit it in every day a little bit. And over the course of the years, I made a few notes in my Chumash, and I remember some stuff, and I had it over in my mind like five times, you know, and then I could just spit it out right out without looking at any notes. Nochum, you have the twenty, you have the sixty-four thousand dollar question. How do you learn so much in such little time, right? Yeah, okay. that shows you're thinking. You're you're a real practical yid because you know it's very hard, but don't waste your life. They can waste their life, but we can't. All right, Nochum, thank you so much. That's it. All right, we have six minutes to go, Rabbi Sai. Let me read you a story that really happened about a man who didn't keep his promise. The first part of this Sedra talks about, um, you can, this story, you will, you will not believe this, but it's 100% true. About make, the first part of the Sedra is about making a nadir. The, the Yagdil Torah is a safer, recounts that the um, Mayor Shapiro, Zatzal, Rosh Yeshiva Chachmei Lublin, who started Dafayomi in 1923, told his students that when he was a Rav in Lublin, he saw a story, Interpinkus means the record of that kehila, um of the Hever Kadisha, which is a mitzvah of Farsame. He must publicize what we read in that book of the town of Lublin. In order for people to realize how great Koach HaTorah is, to nullify a nadir that you make, you have to go to a bezdin of three people or a yachid mumcha, some expert, and he listens. If he finds a Pesach, an opening where maybe he could say, you were under great stress, you were very angry, you didn't realize the results, okay, we'll be matir. And then, you know, if you did it under pressure, maybe you didn't think. So he's looking for a Pesach to get you out of it. Yeah, you have to be in the following story, how great is the koich, of Hatorum, how severe it is when a person is over, violates a nadir or a shvuah. The Marshal, who was the Rav and Rosh Hashiva in Lublin 400 years ago, 400 years before 1923, had a student whose wife died, Rachman Litzlan. A number of months passed, and this student went around very depressed. The Marshal called him and asked him to explain his mood. At first, he didn't want to say anything. Finally, the marshal got him to open up. The, the student revealed that when his wife was on her deathbed, here the, listen to this, Rabbi Sai. Mayor Shapiro, the founder of Daviomi, is telling you what was written in the Pincus of Lublin 400 years ago when the marshal was arrived there. Uh, the, the student revealed that when his wife was on her deathbed, he made a betkia, uh, uh, oh, he made an oath, a swear, but the kiaskov, he gave her his hand and promised that he would never marry anyone else. The marshal said that Alpidin, the Vishvua, is nothing, didn't take effect, because it was a Shvua to be violate a mitzvah of the Torah that says you have to be married. It was a Shvua to be over on a mitzvah which doesn't work. You can't take a Shvua that you're not going to keep Shabbos, or can't, can't put on tefillin. Well, you're not going to have children if you're married, you don't get married, so you shouldn't have children. You can't do a shvua against a Torah mitzvah. It's not only, it, it, it is not only permitted for you to get married, you're obligated to get remarried to establish a house about your children. The student followed the marshal's advice and remarried. To everyone's shock, the student died because he promised his wife with kiaskov. He gave her a hand. He said, I'm never going to marry when the marshal found out about his student's death, listen to this, Rabbi Sai, you will not believe what I'm going to tell you. But this is the marshal. This is uh, probably one of the first shachronim, maybe a rishon. The student's death. He told the Hever Kaddisha to do a usual tahara, and when they're ready to bury him, they should let him know. This is what the Hever Kaddisha did. The marshal took a pisco, a piece of parchment, and he wrote on it, Shalom, shalom, lechem, pamalio, shamalom. 
peace be to you to the Bezden of heaven. Ani posakti, I made the posposik, I'll be din Torah, according to the din Torah, shetalmidi, mutter, that is permissive, a chayiv, and abogade, the safe isha, to get married again. And he goes there, and I am decreeing, the koyach Torah, with the power of the Torah, shetakti reini li talmidi, you should bring me back my Talmud. That means he's amazing. Peace, peace to attendants of the king in heaven. I have given a verdict based on Din Torah that my student is permitted and even obligated to get married. Remarried. I decree by the power of the Torah that you return my student to me. He signed it and said to put it in the hand of his student in the grave. Put him to, in a caver. Put it first name, put him in a caver and leave the caver open and everyone should leave the basic course. They did as Marshal said. A short time passed and the student walk, walked out of the caver as if nothing happened. When the student came to his house and his wife saw him, she got frightened and ran to her father's house. The marshal said that the Talmud should put on his regular clothing, take off his tachrichim, what they bury you with, and come to the base of Medrash. When he walked into the base of Medrash, everyone who saw him became frightened, didn't want to get close to him. When the marshal saw what was going on, he said, with the Koyach HaTorah, he is Gozer, that the Sar HaShichom, the the heaven angel who controls that people forget should make the whole city of Lublin forget what had happened. And only write it in that book, which, uh, which uh, Mayor Shapiro found that book. This is what happened, and the student was zoked to build a bias name of Israel and live for many years. From this story, we see how severe it can be for a person who doesn't keep his promise, because he promised his wife. And he went against his promise. He died. But the, the Rav Marshal said, I, I goes there of heaven that he should get out of the grave and, 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 and be peace amazing. him. Mm. Also, how powerful Korach HaTorah is. The, the Marshal was matir, his nadir, against his, with his wife not to get married. You can get married, even though the person died because he promised his wife. The Marshal make him come back to life. Now, you, you know what this is? You know what you're just saying? Look up... Um, and you can Google it, Romero Shapiro, and uh, the Tchis um, Amesim the, uh, of the student. Mashal is not uh, probably the last one, the last Roshonim, beginning it was 4-3. Well, almost, uh, well, Machabra was the last of the Roshonim, beginning of the Machronim. So it's probably that time. Maybe it was a Rishon, maybe Achron. Rabbi it is now 5 o'clock. I ended with a very dramatic story. Please stay well, everybody. We'll see you next week. Zaykazun.